Welcome, it's Curtis Knight, One Soul Story, with the Franklin Castle special today. And it's an original name, isn't it? But this story is going to be about ghosts and demons and... No, 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 no. No, it's not. Rather, it's going to be a story of a time in my life where I think my spirituality started to be born. Um, as you'll see, I met Mickey Deans. His real name is Mick DeVinco. Uh, he was the fifth and last husband to Judy Garland. Actually, he found Judy's uh, body in the bathroom. So, um, and Mick taught me so much. So I can't wait to get to the story. Um, and also, there is a ghost or two. Um, but hey, it's the Franklin Castle. So I'm excited to tell the story. Um, it was a very memorable time in my life. I think I was about 24. And I experienced a lot in the month or so that I stayed there. So let's get to it. Okay, looking at these pictures, because this is a visual podcast as well. Uh, the audio audio will be, of course, still on uh, my Anchor and Spotify and about eight other outlets. But uh, the visual part, you'll have to tune into my YouTube channel. Very easy. Curtis Knight Enterprises 193. Um, that's at YouTube. And you could find the visual to it so um but looking at this i have some new um video background that i am utilizing today so i hope you enjoy it but looking at those pictures of the castle just a beautiful structure um and like i said i had no idea when i was playing pool that night that this place was haunted i don't think it even came up if it did everyone was like yeah yeah sure right but um, sure enough, I was the only one, now that I think about it, of my friends that I was there with. They were relatively new friends. I didn't know them that well. But um, I'm the only one that stayed the night. So maybe that should have told me something. Uh, but anyways, um, I'll get to the story of how that all happened. Okay, about six months ago, I recorded a podcast that featured the Franklin Castle story. Here's what I said at that time. Uh, I went with him to visit a place called the Franklin Castle. You can look it up, Franklin Castle. What I now know is probably one of the most haunted places in Ohio. I had no idea at the time. I just went over there to play pool, you know, get high a little bit and drink. Anyways, I was plastered to the point where I just decided to crash there and, and Mick said it was okay. Anyways, I crash there and I wake up. It's like three in the morning maybe and I see this figure go past me. I'm down on the couch by myself and a female figure holding a purse, I could still picture it to this day, goes floating by me. It just appeared to be floating above the ground a few feet. 
And she went up these spiral staircases and disappeared. I was like, what was that? I wasn't dreaming. I wasn't imagining it. I definitely was awake and it definitely caught my attention. The next morning, I asked the housekeeper and Mick, hey, I believe I saw a ghost. And they were like, oh yeah, that's Rebecca. She uh, is constantly around here. And you just happened to catch her. And um, this was four floors, the Franklin Castle. And I guess she's most often sighted on the third and fourth floors um, because as legend has it, she committed suicide out of the fourth floor window. And that actually turned out to be untrue. Um, but that was from my earlier podcast I did when I was describing uh, my life. So before I get back to my story of my account, I want to give you some background on the Franklin Castle. And I utilized a couple of documentaries, just parts of them, to explain to you the history of the Franklin Castle. The first one is just a short one called The Haunted Franklin Castle. So here it is. Franklin Castle has earned the title of Most Haunted House in Cleveland by being home to a never-ending list of mysterious tragedies. Built by a German immigrant in 1881, the House of Horrors didn't wait to claim his wife and four daughters. Changing hands several times over the years and even becoming a hideout for Nazi spies, the castle wouldn't gain a paranormal reputation until the 60s when a priest advised a family to leave shortly after moving in. Although recently bought and remodeled, the stone walls still hold many dark secrets. The second one is called Cursed Castle when Charles Millsaps owned the castle and he'll tell you about what he experienced. I did not necessarily believe that the Franklin Castle was haunted when I got involved with this. Over the years, the house itself sort of changed my mind. I've lived here on the property for six years, and to me it was about saving the house. It was about the history, the architecture. I see the house as a piece of art that needs to be put back together. The ghost and the paranormal, that was something maybe I wasn't fully prepared for. But there has been a lot of weird experiences in the house as we've been doing some work. I think I'm alone and then you hear somebody walking upstairs and I assume someone's already up there and then I go upstairs and there's nobody there. There might still be some people here that have been here a lot longer than me and as far as I'm concerned I'm just one more part of the story but I've seen photos and I've seen video that I cannot explain. And it was in 1881 that they built what is now known as the Franklin Castle, the Tiedemann House. First person who died in the house, right after the house was completed, Hans Tiedemann's mother. She was 75. One Tiedemann child died inside this house, their daughter, Emma. The downstairs was used as a speakeasy in the 1920s through the 1930s. The German Socialist Party used the house as the Cleveland headquarters for the German Socialist Party. One of the main things uh, in my experience in the castle 
has been down in the servants level. One of the things that we have continued to see is a servant girl walking out of that doorway that used to go into the kitchen. The photos that we've always seen of the woman in white have been in the reflection of the mirror of the fireplace. And in that reflection, you see the kitchen door. And that's where we see her walking out of the kitchen door. But sometimes she's farther back in the doorway. Sometimes she's out in the room. Sometimes she's in the doorway. And even a video of her running across the room in front of the fireplace here. So this is the third floor of the house. On the third floor, there's been a spotting of this woman in black looking out the third floor turret windows at people as they walk down the street. For some reason, people refer to that person as Rebecca. This story goes back almost 100 years. Many people in the neighborhood have seen her. People still in modern times in the last couple of years say that they can see an image of a woman in the boards of the windows. And now I want to just show you someone that captured some video of a white figure. Um, I got this also from YouTube as I did the previous two documentaries. And I will, you can watch it and let me know what you think. <laughs> it's very clear evidence that there definitely is something going on over there. And then I will resume my story And Michael Devenko, Judy Garland's fifth and final husband, bought the house in 1984. For a little more closer look at Mickey Deans, I pulled this off YouTube uh, from a sh very short documentary that was done about him. Mickey Deans was a musician and entrepreneur, and the fifth and last husband of actress Judy Garland. Early life, born Michael Devenko in Garfield. New Jersey on September 24, 1934, Deans was the youngest of three children of Mary and Michael DeVinco. He grew up in a musical family, playing the piano and accordion. In 1966, according to Deans book Weep No More, My Lady, he met world-renowned actress and singer Judy Garland at her hotel in New York. A mutual friend of theirs asked Deans to deliver a package of stimulant tablets to Judy. Deans recalled that she seemed cordial but disoriented. Judy's children Joe and Lorna were present, and Deans felt it appropriate, under the circumstances, to introduce himself as a doctor. After three years of intermittent dating, Deans proposed and they were married on March 15, 1969, in London. Deans tried his best to promote Judy's career toward the end of her life, but, as previous husbands had found, it was impossible to control Garland's excessive use of prescription drugs. Deans discovered Garland dead on the morning of June 22, 1969. 
The coroner's autopsy later determined he died from an accidental, incautious overdose of barbiturates. He later moved to Cleveland, Ohio and became a producer of police fundraising events. In 1985, he bought the Franklin Castle, a historic four-story stone mansion on Franklin Boulevard in Cleveland's Ohio City for $93,000 and had it restored. After selling Franklin Castle in 1999, Deans lived in Northfield, Ohio and was known as colorful local figure until his death. Death, Deans died of congestive heart failure in Cleveland, Ohio on July 11, 2003 at the age of 68. Uh, now I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that event of seeing the ghost. So I'm laying there and all of a sudden, you know when you have the presence that someone's coming into the room, I woke up. So, and I see the lady, she's almost like a couple feet off the ground, which is consistent with what I've learned ghosts the, it's between our side and the other side, and it's three feet above our version of ground level. So that struck me, and she had a black dress on and a purple purse in her right hand. She didn't seem very uh, concerned with me at all. She just flowed, almost fluidly, smoothly flowed by, but yet she had a pretty solid body. She wasn't like uh, see-through. And then I see her go up the little spiral staircase that leads up to the front entrance door. I'm in the guest quarters, uh, the servant level, I guess, if you will, on the first floor on the couch. That's where the kitchen is, and that's where um, the pool table was, and uh, Mick liked to entertain people down there. So then I see her just go through this I mean go up these spiral staircases and then she did kind of disappear um, like into the air as she uh, rounded the corner up through the steps I was startled but not scared I didn't feel threatened but I was thinking wow what who was that and then I um, just buried myself under the covers and so the next morning, like I said, Mick and the housekeeper were both like, yeah, I mean, you must have seen Rebecca. Everyone referred to her as Rebecca. Um, I don't know where that came from, but now that I know the history of the place, it probably was Emma. Although, because they could take their form in, as 30-year-olds. They say we're all 30 over there, so that would be consistent. She definitely looked around 30 years old. Um, and that was my first experience with ghosts. It wouldn't be my last if you uh, heard my other episodes. I also saw one at the comedy store in uh, Hollywood. Comedy store is very uh, noted for being haunted. My friend Jeff Scott played the piano and was a comedian and opened up the acts there. And uh, one night I was hanging out <clears throat> with him. And I went upstairs, there's a track that's up there that runs around the perimeter above the comedy stage and all that. And I saw an, a man leaning against the railing. He, um, then he just, and I was kind of spooked. 
And so I turned around and went back down and I go, Jeff, there's someone up there because we were the only two in the building at the time. And we go back up there, of course, no one's there. And Jeff then confided to me that, yeah, uh, they have seen someone up there and this place is haunted. Now, also at the Franklin Castle, I went up to the fourth floor one day when I was there, nobody was there. I wanted to feel for myself because I had heard rumors that's where a lot of the ghost activity is, the third and fourth floors. Um, and it felt cold in there and I felt very bothered. Uh, definitely picked up on uh, just some bad energy and I couldn't stand up there too long and I then went back down. Now in the four weeks or so, I don't know exactly how long I was there for, I know it was at least a month and I had keys to the place and like I said I was selling for him for his police organizations and raising money um, for the cops. That was his business and Mick was a very tough guy. Uh, he was like the New York Mafia kind of dude. Um, he would tell you whether you're doing something wrong and get right at you. And um, being a sort of green 24-year-old, sometimes I would get mad at it. But then in retrospect, he really helped me. I mean, he took the time to teach me how to play pool properly. Um, he also... Um, taught me how to sell. He would work with me. He would tell me and suggest things. So I appreciated him so much. And I'll never have a bad word to say about Mickey Deans. Mick showed me Judy Garland's old dresses, which was kind of cool. At the time, I didn't know much about Judy Garland. But then after I looked into it, I was like, wow. Yeah, she was a big deal. Wizard of Oz? Are you kidding me? And um, But she had struggles with the prescription drugs, as five different husbands found out, and that eventually claimed her life. Uh, but Mickey Deans, um, what an experience I had there. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, yeah. Although I would hear things, like someone walking, um, I never saw the ghost again during my four weeks there. Now, I have a theory. Mick made that into such a home. It was beautiful. The second floor had a grand piano. Mick was a piano player. Um, just beautiful rugs and decor. Um, the third floor were more of the bedrooms. And the fourth floor, he was building a movie theater, which I don't believe he ever got done. But um, he made that a home, which I think that's why the spirits were pretty happy there. In the, six, uh, in the years after Mick sold the place and left and moved to Northfield, different owners tried to turn it into commercial things, a bed and breakfast, which actually I think would have been a great idea. But things happened to prevent it, I believe, from the spirits. One lady, I don't know her name, that bought it, she had a fire that happened, electrical fire, that prevented her from staying. 
And so um, I'm told it's privately owned again, and I don't know what's going on with it, uh, but it is a, uh, it was a magical place for me back in 1989. So all in all, uh, just a positive period in my life where I grew spiritually. My exodus from Franklin Castle came quickly and swiftly. As I stated, I was selling for him, but I just lost the mental commitment and attitude to sell for him anymore. It just became too tough trying to uh, get money out of people in the name of the Cleveland police. Um, it was exhausting. And as I could not sell anymore, Mix told me that it's time for me to leave, give me back my keys. And I left and we never spoke again. But still, I look back fondly on the Franklin Castle. It was a very exciting time for me. The start of my quest to find out more about what are ghosts? Are they trapped in between this world and the other side? Do they have unresolved business? That's why they're hanging on. Eventually, I believe they will go to the light and go to the other side. Uh, but I'm here to tell you ghosts are absolutely real. Uh, they're nothing to be fearful of. And once I started learning about spirituality, I couldn't stop learning. I wanted to read everything about it, and I did. And I believe that has saved my life because I don't live with this within my body anymore. I live outside my body. Um, some say the soul is three inches above your head and you're manipulating your body. Who knows? But my point is to become more spiritual is the best thing that has ever happened to me. The best. I want to thank everybody for watching this, the Franklin Castle special. God bless you. This is Curtis Knight, One Soul Story. Adios for now.